Good morning everybody, it's a still quiet dark morning in Wellington as I go for a walk and I just wanted to start this morning's uh, podcast by playing a couple of call-ins, uh, firstly one from Jason and uh, just a big shout out to Jason for being such a lovely guy and uh, listening to my ramblings and making a comment. So here's Jason. Hey Jason here. Just listen to your Truth is a Person episode. Very interesting. I'm, I'm glad you added some, some bits there at the end, the subjectivity of it, because I agree with you. When an author or, say, a director makes a film or an author writes a book, you, you know, there's that truth that the author or the director, you know, is attached to that project. And there's no question, you know, you know if that's what their intent is, that's what the intent of the project is. But different people will interpret it different ways. And that's that subjective truth for them, right? So, you know, for example, well, I mean, we, we could pick a bunch of examples, but it's very easy to, for a painter or whoever, a creator to say, this means X. And somebody else looks and says, well, it inspires Y in me. And you can't deny the feelings that it inspired Y in them, but, it, but that's a subjective truth separate from the truth that the creator intended, right? Thanks, Jason. Jason really sums it up uh, quite well there, and he's got a strong um, interest in uh, watching movies and reviewing them and um, you know, like digging into the meaning of them. And a lot of this kind of thought does come from narrative, you know, people that are either reading uh, a lot or look, watching media like movies and uh, trying to pick apart the why you know, why certain things work in a story, why, why other things don't, what things mean. And uh, so it's really, it's interesting to get your perspective, uh, Jason, from that more movie critique, critique um, side of things. And it's a huge part of the, you know, the hero's journey, which pervades almost every uh, movie. And uh, there's all that narrative um, to, to look into. Here's another call-in. Uh, this one is from Barney at the Loco Ludus podcast. Now, Barney sent me a lot of call-ins, but I'm just going to play one and then speak to some of the other content too. For some time, I've been quite fascinated by the amount of people who are quite seriously involved in religious life or have very strong religious beliefs who are involved in uh, game design, role-playing games and so on. I, I can't count myself in that, but I think it also extends to um, academics and philosophers and those kinds of things, which I certainly can count myself in. I think what you say, Barney, ties in um, with Barney's, uh, sorry, with uh, Jason's call-in. It seems like people that are deeply interested in movies or deeply interested in books and learning or uh, not necessarily non-fiction books, but um, you know, science fiction or fantasy books 
uh, their deep interest kind of draws them into that realm of narrative and starting to ask questions why you know and I think a lot of people in their life get to a point where they start asking questions of why and looking around for answers um, you know and that invites philosophical philosophical thought um, possibly you know theological thought uh, religious thought spiritual thought and so it's no surprise that uh, the more people you know um, and that you find them everywhere uh, people are thinking about what everything means and why everything's around us and uh, it's really interesting restarting this podcast thinking I was going to talk primarily about philosophy and theology and then uh, start to have that games component creep back in um, because of your guys call-ins and and all my previous experience and uh, you know I wonder how many of those people you know in the game design uh, realm who also have like theological and philosophical bents are thinking about them as they and trying to squeeze them in or find ways to subtly influence um, their products um, because of what they think and believe. Oh, there's no doubt that um, just because it's a product of their of theirs that will be influenced. But I wonder how conscious they are in trying to put some of those themes and ideas into the games. Role-playing games are so interesting because I've been thinking about the art form or art forms. And uh, as an art form or storytelling medium, role-playing is so interesting because there is no one storyteller. In fact, sometimes players aren't conscious, consciously telling stories. You know, they're participating, they're playing the game, and they contribute to the story, but probably more often than not, not conscious about the narrative um, or intentionally contributing to the narrative with a me- with an end in sight. And so um, the story, the narrative that's produced by a role-playing game, you're not sure where it's going to go, where it's going to end up, and it may not be very intentional. But sparks of brilliance can emerge, uh, themes can emerge, and it's, it's a pretty special format. It can be frustrating, I guess, for a DM dungeon master who's trying specifically to get something to happen. Um, they want some kind of crescendo or some kind of plot or story arc that they've got intended. If it's constantly um, derailed or, or just not fulfilled um, by, their, by their players, and, and maybe sometimes players have got some... Um, some plans and intentions they have that the DM and the rest of the party doesn't fall in line with, but it's a very interesting, uh, very interesting medium for creating a story. And uh, when you begin thinking of it as an art form, it's quite an exciting, quite an exciting thing. An art form normally or normally would have an audience as well, and so that sense of Creating something the audience um, can appreciate is is an interesting line of thought in regards to, to role-playing games. Obviously, there are some role-playing games that are uh, broadcast on YouTube or Twitch, and so they have genuine audiences. 
But for most people, the only audience to the game is the players and the dungeon master. Let's call the player a dun uh, the dungeon master a player. Um, so you've got this interesting dynamic where the audience are the artists, and uh, it's fertile ground for for thought, and kind of gets my uh, artistic or creative juices flying about what you can do with that, what you can do with that. The medium is the message. Uh, that's uh, something I've just been thinking about a little bit as well. And uh, no wonder Anchor, um, the way it creates podcasts, invites callers and then the playing of callers' messages. Um, but role-playing games, the medium is the message. What does that mean? How can you use it? You know, what norms can you subvert? Um, how can you create something that is genuinely interesting? Um, and, you know, if you could record it and other people watch it or participate it in some way or view it in some way, would they find it interesting? Very interesting. I mean, not everyone at the table, not every player is uh, going to be interested in having having their game broadcast and it's not necessarily about whether it's broadcast or other people actually view it but um, do at least those that are at the table uh, find it interesting beyond the fact that they get to roll some dice and kill some goblins. Anyway I'll leave you with those brief thoughts. Um, Barney, um, I will talk more on a lot of those other ideas and thoughts that you brought up just too many call-ins to play all at once mate but very nice to hear your voice and thank you again to you Jason also see you later I'd just like to add one more thank you to Greg Underwood who sent me a message as well and uh, which has informed my thinking about art and audiences thanks a lot mate cheers guys